Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with Air Force veteran, teacher, and author Paul White. He has the nickname Roscoe, and he's a retired 20-year Air Force veteran with over 1,500 hours as a tactical flight instructor in the F-15E, F-16, and F-35. He still teaches and mentors young fighter pilots as a civilian contract fighter pilot instructor. Paul has also won multiple sports championships as a player and as a coach. Over the years, he's studied and developed strategies to motivate people to be better versions of themselves via a fusion of hard work, positive attitudes, and solid character traits. Working as a flight instructor made Paul a better coach, and being a better coach made him a better instructor. Continually striving for excellence in these two competitive environments made Paul a better father and husband. He believes that anyone could be a champion in life with the right direction and work ethic. He's got a great story. Enjoy. Ah, there we go. Hey, we did it. What's All up, right. Paul? Freaking technology, man, right? I know. It's, it's a double-edged sword. <laughs> Love it. Hate it. I know. Um, and I'm not good at it. That's what sucks. I enjoy learning new things, but God dang, do I get frustrated at this? Yeah. You know, I used to work in an architectural firm years ago, and there was one of the guys that would never deal with computers, and he did everything by hand. He had thousands and thousands of pages of stuff, and everybody went with it because he was so good, but he was like, yeah, I can't do it. And there's certain things in life right where there. you just have to admit it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right there. My, notes. my son, who's 18, he's on the autism <clears throat> spectrum. I write notes down for him all the time. I mean, he he does technology, but he's very tactile. So there's something romantic about that. Well, I live my life in uh, a vaulted room with no windows. So I carry a notebook with me everywhere I go because I can't like have my phone to take notes and, and yeah. do all that. So I'm very used to just writing things down in a notebook and then coming back to them later. And that's my go-to, honestly. And it becomes almost like a little journal yeah. after a while. Absolutely, it does. Well, man, it, it's so great to meet you, Paul. I got to tell you, my dad was born in Brooklyn, raised in Long Island, joined the Air Force, was stationed at Richardson <clears throat> Bauer here in Kansas City. And I just see all of the accolades and, and what you've been through. And I think my dad dreamed of being in that position of just <laughs> having a long career. It, it was different. He didn't he wasn't in there that long. But uh, that that was his dream. So whenever I see Air Force veterans, I always think about him. And and you've had quite a life, man. Uh, you know, it's been a fun ride and eclectic. Uh, I, there's only been one time in my life, really, that I kind of that I did the same job twice. And that, I think, has been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's just been it's just been kind of a new adventure, you know, turning the page in the book and, and seeing what's on that blank page. And it's been fun to write that narrative a little bit because you know, we, I got to do this project a while back and um, let me know if we're starting the show or if we're yeah. not starting the show or, you know, is this all live or I don't even yeah. know. So yeah, we're um, just going into it. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Okay, great. Cool. Uh, so I got to do this project a few years ago or a couple of years ago called I Love America. And this guy um, that I'd been put in touch with about publishing books and stuff, uh, he, he had this idea that he wanted to do this compilation book with 13 veterans in it. And you can find it. It's out there on Amazon, whatever it's called. I love America. So 13 veterans got together and we each wrote a chapter for this book. And I wrote mine on opportunity and how to take advantage of opportunity, how to, how to find opportunities, how to, how to recognize opportunities. And then there's another element there that a lot of people I think don't really catch on to, but you also have to be fearless enough to take those opportunities. Yeah. So it's one thing to recognize it. It's another thing to just kind of throw caution to the wind and go for it. And I've got a lot of examples in my life of where we were at a pivot point, my wife and I, or, you know, my family, and we just kind of said, you know what, screw it. Let's see what happens. Yeah. That's the fearlessness that we need for sure. 
let's get in before we get into your life let's let's cover the last three years how did you make it through covid and how has it changed you now that we're kind of in this post-pandemic era yeah i didn't pay attention to any of that crap okay any of the, I, I, I basically turned the news off, didn't pay attention to any of it. I doubled down on my health. Yeah. Um, I got in, I got myself in great shape. I started taking vitamins. I, I ate well. I never got sick. I never missed a day of work. I wrote two books that are right over my shoulder. Yes. Sir. You know, I, I focused on me and, and my family and, and their well being. And that was it. I didn't, so, I didn't pay attention to the noise. And that's good. That's good. Um, so let's get to the heart and soul of what you do for a living right now. If you were in front of a bunch of third graders at a career day, one of the kids looks up and says, hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer that child? I teach people to break things and kill people. Okay. I teach the next generation of fighter pilots in the Air Force. So okay. my, my passion is teaching and mentoring, and I get to do that every day when I go to work. So I, I basically took what I did on active duty, and I just jumped right across the street, and now wear khakis and a polo shirt every day. I do the same thing. The next generations, these 20-somethings that are coming through to learn to fly jets in the Air Force, we run them through the ground school. We run them through all their simulator events, and we run them through the the very baseline tactics, and then we kick them out to the squadrons across the street, and they go fly them and practice them. So when you were young in the third grade, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a fighter pilot. Okay, so you're living your dream. Yeah, my, my life is, that part of my life is pretty simple, right? Yeah. So when I saw Top Gun when I was about nine or 10 years old, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Me and my, me and a buddy of mine that I went to church with, shout out to Casey Pippen if you're listening. Uh, we used to play on Sunday afternoons, we'd go to each other's houses and we would play either fighter pilots or we would play Navy SEALs. And that was our goal growing up. And I was going to be a SEAL and he was going to be a fighter pilot. And actually the roles got reversed. He went into the Marines and ended up being a scout sniper. I joined the Air Force and got to fly fighters. What was it like the first time you got into that plane that you always dreamed of flying? What was the feeling like? You know, this is one point that it takes me, it took me a long time to get to this part of my life, right? And and if I had a message for your listeners, this this would probably be one of the overarching things that I would sit down and talk to somebody about, anybody, especially adults, is you have to learn to... I read this book a while back. Let me let me phrase it like this. I read this book a while back um, by John Huntsman, and there was a line in there that I underlined, and it says, you only have a moment to enjoy this moment, right? And I think when I was younger, I didn't do a great job of just freeze-framing this moment for a second and taking it all in, okay? I've gotten a lot better at that, and that goes into recognizing opportunities. You have to recognize these opportunities around you every day that are these once-in-a-lifetime things, like... For example, I have my own podcast and last actually at three o'clock this morning, I woke up, sit straight up in my bed and I go, holy crap, I just lost. I missed an amazing opportunity to do a 9-11 show yesterday. I could have totally done a 9-11 show because I run it with another fighter pilot, bro. We, we have our own show and we could have totally done a 9-11 show because that moment in our lives and our very young careers was a tremendous pivot point for us. Yeah. And we could have told all kinds of cool stories about that. Mm -hmm. I've gotten a lot better at that as I've gotten older about recognizing these once in a lifetime opportunities, things that you can kind of sit there and you can, if you just, if you're self-aware enough, if you have enough situational awareness, you can recognize and go, oh, well, this cannot be recreated. Uh, when I, when I got my, my new, my newest book, work hard, don't suck. When I got the proofs in the mail a few weeks ago, we already had family night scheduled that night. So me and my wife and my two kids, we were going out to eat and I got the package in the mail that afternoon. 
And so I didn't open it. I took it with us to dinner that night. We ate dinner. We had a beer and all my kids were grown up. We had a beer and I said, all right, boys, here it is. This is one of these moments that you can't recreate this authentic reaction. And I opened it in front of them. My wife videotaped it and it was, it was all pretty cool. So that's wonderful, man. Yeah. Where did you get this sense of adventure and fearlessness? Take me back to where you were born and raised and how these seeds became who you are today. Yeah, honestly, I have no idea. I grew up in a, in a real small town down south. My dad was a cotton farmer. Uh, I knew one thing without any shred of doubt, and that was I did not want to be a cotton farmer for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, I I knew I wanted to fly jets. I'd always airplanes have just always done it for me. I don't know why. I just think they're cool. I still sit out here. I'm I'm 47 years old. I've been in the business for a quarter of a century, and I still sit in my backyard and watch jets fly around the yard or r- fly around my house. Um, I don't know. I, I've just I've just always kind of had this this attitude of what's on the next horizon. You know, what's over there? Let's climb the mountain and see what's on the other side, kind of thing. I I don't know where it comes from because my my parents aren't really like that. As far as I know, my grandparents weren't really like that. I I don't know. Wow. Who's been a hero for you in your life? Um, I mean, I've been surrounded by them, you know, and it's kind of cliche, I know, but when you serve in a force like I did, you're kind of surrounded by dudes who are just high achievers, you know, and 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 it's kind of that edgers mentality where you just have to keep up with the next guy and, and you kind of have to push yourself a little bit further. And we all motivate each other sometimes overtly, but more often it's just silent because you see what that other guy's doing. You see the accolades that he's getting and you want to figure out how to do that. And that drives you to be a little bit better in all respects of your life. And so I don't know if I could pinpoint it to a, to a single person. Sure. So if you can meet anybody alive right now on the planet, who would you love to meet and talk to? Hmm. I don't know. I don't really get starstruck too much. I don't I don't necessarily envy, you know, I guess I'd I'd probably pick a uh maybe a really successful um a successful CEO or something like that and just talk to him about I'd like to find the differences in how he got to where he is versus how we get to where we are cuz you know, when you're when you're part of something like I was, you're it's an elite performing team. Like, and, and I mean, I'm not trying to brag or anything like that. So please don't take it that way. But I mean, the fact of the matter is when you're sticking your nose into a fight at 500 miles an hour and there's no reverse option, you got to have your stuff together. You got to know that you're the best. Right. And, and that's just kind of the mentality that we carry. So I'd like to maybe sit down with somebody in the business world and maybe see how those things are alike and maybe different. So as a writer, what was the first book that you read growing up that really made you love reading? (laughs) <laughs> I still don't like reading <laughs> and that, and that sucks because, you know, I, I, I was reading this, uh, this thing about Stephen King and how he got into it and everything he goes, Hey, if you want to be a great writer, you got to be a great reader. And I was like, Oh, well I'm doomed. Um, cause I, I still really don't like, I don't enjoy sitting down and reading a book. I get sleepy. My eyes start watering and, and I have to be really engaged in the subject matter. I don't read books necessarily for fun. I don't think I don't, I don't read a lot of nonfiction or sorry, fiction books books. I, I read mostly uh, nonfiction. Like right now I'm reading A Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, you know, which is kind of, I mean, parts of it are very dry, but there's some good nuggets to take out of there. And you might read an entire book and underline one sentence into the thing. But yeah. I, I honestly, I don't know, man. When I was growing up, I didn't enjoy reading. I, I think I copied Shelley King's homework every day <laughs> in high school and, and just kind of coasted through that way. And 
And even in, you know, when I was going to college, I did all my college when I was on active duty. So it was kind of the pay the fee, get the B kind of thing. So I remember I was taking uh, college literature uh, and, and, you know, I'm working 12 hours a day um, as an airplane mechanic. I didn't go right into the Air Force and fly jets. I went in as a mechanic first and then figured it out after that. But uh, I'm working 12 hours a day. I got three kids at home and a wife. And and I mean, so I'm busy, right? And I'm still going to school full time doing this. And I'm taking college literature. And he wants us to read Self-Reliance by Ralph Waldo Emerson. And I'm like, oh, this is not going to happen. I, I even <laughs> told the guys, like, I'm not reading this. I'm not, I can't sit down and read for like two or three hours, whatever it's going to take me to get through this. Because it's dry. It's boring. I'm not into it. Just tell me what to write for the final. And I'll give you something. Give me a C on it. And I'm good. You know? Yeah, for sure. So let me ask you this. What is the motivator for you every day? What gets you out of bed? What gets you through the day? What gets you to accomplish what you want to get done? I like to choose happiness, man. I, you know, I think as I've gotten a little bit older, I've learned a lot of lessons the hard way. And that's kind of what our podcast, that's the, that's the, the angle that we're taking on our show is taking all the lessons that we learned over time, the hard way and hoping to pass these on to a younger generation where they maybe don't have to make all those mistakes the hard way. And one of the lessons that I learned was I was grumpy for a long time for probably no reason. And now I just I, driving in my truck the other day, I had to remind myself to smile. And, and, you know, the last, I don't know, 40 days or so in my life has just been a buzzsaw, man. It's just been one kick in the junk after the other. And I think you have to have a lot of resiliency first to get through something like that. You have to have some mental toughness, but you absolutely have to have a positive outlook yeah. on on life in general, you know, and, and that's kind of, you know, I get up every morning and I'm kind of, I just choose happiness, yeah. choose to smile, make yourself smile and, and force yourself to go up to somebody and shake their hand and ask them how they're doing for the day or something like that. And, and, and I've found that the more I do that, the more I spread positive energy throughout the universe, the more it's reciprocated to me. So let me ask you this. If you were speaking of youth, if you were to have a dream tonight, you ran into the 20 year old version of yourself, you could give that version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom you've gained up to this point. What would you tell that young version of you? Shut up and be humble. That's <laughs> yes. it. No explanation. Shut up and be humble. Know your role. Shut your hole. Be humble. Accept the mentorship that people are giving you. When, you know, people aren't people aren't attacking your character when they give you advice. You know, and, and maybe I think as young men in particular, I think men have this barrier of this ego, this bravado, you know, this, this brash exterior, like, well, I'm supposed to have everything figured out. And it's an absolute lie, dude. You don't, you're 20 years old. You don't know, you don't know crap. Yeah. You've got, you've got so many good years ahead of you and so many lessons that you're going to learn. If you just shut up for a minute and get a notebook out and write some of this stuff down that I'm telling you, I, I promise you, you'll be better. So as someone that has an adventurous spirit, if you could witness any event that's gone on in human history with your own eyes what would you love to have seen oh wow that's a good one um i'm a you know i really love the story of the american revolution and i think that i would have liked to have been there maybe during that time if i if i could just be a fly on the wall i would not want to be a soldier during that time because that sucked yeah um i don't want my feet freezing off and having to you know tape my my shoes back together and wintering at Valley Forge and that kind of stuff. But I think that everything surrounding those, maybe those 20 years or so up until we finally signed the Treaty of Paris and, and ended everything. I think that that is just a very unique time because I mean, we threw it to the man and said, here it is, dude, we're done. Yeah. 
and we stood on our on our values as a country, as individuals, and you saw perseverance and persistence win out in the end. Yeah. So of all the things that you've done and accomplished in your life so far, what are you the proudest of? My boys. Yeah. It's, you know, when, when I got, I got married young, I met my wife when I was 20 and we've been together for 26 years now. And, uh, when you're that young and, and you're trying to raise kids, you don't really know what you're doing. I don't think, and you know, it's sure you're excited because you're going to have a kid, but then there's this moment of panic. And and I talk about that in my book. I, I wrote that book to my kids. That, that book is a letter to my boys and it's, it's all the stories of our family and all the dad advice that I've been giving them over all these years. And one of the very simple goals that my wife and I had raising our kids was we wanted them to grow up to be independent, productive citizens. And that was it. And I think we achieved that. So what's been one of the best compliments, best fan letters that you've ever gotten from the work that you've done? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I'd probably have to sit down and dig a little bit on that one. Cause the world that I come from is not about pats on the back. It's about, uh, it's about constructive criticisms. You know, when we sit down in a debrief day to day, our world is we sit there and we'll talk for two hours about everything we did wrong and and not so much about the things we did right. Because, you know, I used to coach football and I used to tell my kids this uh, on the team. I'd say, look, if I sit around and I tell you how awesome you are all the time, you have no motivation to get better. But if I can if I can constructively point out some things that you can work on, then you have motivation to work a little bit harder, bring a better attitude, pay attention, give me some effort, things like that. So I, I don't know. I'd have to sit back and I wish that you would sent me a list before I, before yeah. I came over. I, I mean, these, some of these questions are deep and to be put <laughs> on the spot like this, I, I honestly don't know. You're doing great, man. No, this is good. <laughs> yeah. I, and I'm I pretty good on my feet, but that's a deep one. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah, and I come from jazz radio, so it's all improv. We, that, that's what yeah. I specialize in. So. Blues riff and B flat. Follow me. Watch for changes. <laughs> Try to keep up. Yeah, exactly. All right, so this is the this is gonna be the final um, hard question here. Everyone has a perception of you, family, friends, clients, colleagues, but you run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Um, it's funny that you that you put it like this, and I'll frame it a different way. I sat down with a kid the other day that I'm kind of life coaching a little bit. And I framed it to him like this. I want you to take out a piece of paper and write your epitaph. And I want you to write two versions of it. What does it say now? And what do you want it to say? Yeah. Right. That's and right. I think that, I think that what I want mine to say, and, and maybe what it says now, probably close to this version is he left it all in the field. Yeah. You know, there's that, um, Oh gosh, I can't remember the guy's the guy's name that said it. If I if I grab my book, I've got it in there. I could read it out to you real quick. But it says, "Hey, life isn't supposed to be lived uh, cautiously and and you know looking around every corner." When when I go to, I mean, you're supposed to live a life of adventure and and follow all the leads and jump off the cliffs, you know. And I want to go into the next into the next phase, sliding in head first, leaving a trail of smoke going, wow, what a ride. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't want to be preserved in this nice, well-kept, you know, container. I, I want to leave a, a, a wake behind me. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of awake, if anyone wants to pick up work hard, don't suck, new lessons, anything that's related to your world, where can they go? Where's the best place? Yeah, you can go to my website, www.paulroscoewhite.com. 
you can also go to Google and, or, uh, yeah, you can Google them and they'll pop up. You can go to Amazon and type them into the search bar. They'll, they'll pop right up there. Work hard. Don't suck. Just came out. Uh, we just actually publicly launched that last Tuesday. So it's kind of fresh. It's kind of, it's kind of new to the scene. No new lessons has been out there for a while. I, I launched it back in December. So it's, it's got a little bit more traction maybe, but if you just Google my name, it'll, these things will pop. They'll start to pop up. Right on. Paul, you did wonderful, man. Thank you so much for your story and time today. Best of luck with everything. Dude, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Thank you.